I was like, oh, K-Boo. I just, so it always stood out to me. I seen stickers. I found, you know, stickers. They had a lot of sticker game. And yeah, I've been going to Portland for many years. So it's a, it's a cool spot to be at. That's awesome, man. So you are a rapper. You're like a real lyricist, bar for bar rapper. You're, like, you're a real rap cat. Real rap cat. Yeah, yeah. As I say, I think they say now I rap rap. Rap rap. Yeah, that's how yeah. I call it too. That's what's up, man. Uh, where did you get started? What city was this in? How did this whole rap? Uh, be? So I'm from, I'm from Jersey. Um, born and raised. Um, parents are Israeli. I was the first one born in Jersey. Um, my brothers were born there too. I started with hip hop probably around 17. Um, you know, we, we grew up 30 minutes from Wu-Tang, Staten Island. And uh, there's a thing called New Rican Poets Cafe, big in battle rap, um, rock steady battle. And this is like me entering, this is like around circa 2000. Idea, moral technique, pumpkin head, rest in peace, like real underground rap of like the days, you know? That sort of led to just, you know, battle rap no one was recording and you know this went all the way and through college and other trials and tribulations and and just you know released my first project in about 2008 with a guy named c-ray's walls yeah man and just navigated through rap on on that level like just you know did this project with c-ray's and then did a solo project and you know started hitting portland in like 2009 on these tours 2008 2009 Oh, wow, man. Well, do you remember the first show that you played out here? What, what theater it was at? Man, it was not a theater. It was at a bar and it was like a hip hop night with the band. Um, I was trying to think about this. There was a guy named Rocket One from Portland who had somehow hooked it up. And, and I went to some like, I, that I, I would continue, maybe it was 2000. I know 2009 I was there doing a show. And then this is actually where I first met RZA. And I, you know, I went on to do a lot of stuff with him. I went, Mike Crenshaw was at a show at the Hawthorne Theater. I heard Rizzo was in town. So I went to the show. I snuck back, back out to, like, back outside in the back of the venue and rapped for Rizzo, DJ Skane, Rizzo's DJ, and Young Dirty Bastard, Old Dirty Bastard's son. And they said, get on stage and, and open it up. <laughs> He's nice. And, uh, my skein, who I've become good friends with, was Riz DJ. He goes, listen, if he messes up, it's good entertainment. If not, whatever, you know, boom, whatever, you know. So um, by the end, of it, I said I killed it so much. I asked if I could go on the rest of the tour with him. I said, sure. So and then I changed my flight and then I just started rolling around with Riza. So that was like my, one of my first Portland stories, you know. That's insane, man. Your first time in Portland, you meet a Wu-Tang member and you end up linking up with these cats on tour. That's insane. Not a Wu-Tang member, the leader of the Wu-Tang. Wu you know I mean? oh. That's it. It's a RZA. It's not, you know. And listen, I had done stuff with Capadon, like, not to say none, but it was a RZA show, and RZA solo shows are very rare. So I remember this event, and I was like, well, this is a dope. It was a dope thing, you know. But, I, you know, I had a lot of respect for the just Portland hip-hop scene. It was bubbling. I met people at South by Southwest in 2008, and, you know, it was, it was a spot, man. That's tight, man. So South by Southwest, did that? Uh, did you go out there by yourself, or were you with the crew at the time? How did that come? To no. Be? So I got accepted with Sea Rays in two thousand eight, and this was when hip hop was just starting there. I mean, there was it was a bridge of hip hop and and pop pop rap, like major label rap. I met 
the Nucks. They were managed by Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's Eminem's manager. They were like, oh, we got this Jewish guy, man, you love him. And they like the, there were these two twin brothers from New Orleans. And I realized I was sort of like this underground guy that was like down with this, you know, Mike Crenshaw and like the, that underground, you know, sleep and, and, and Josh and like this underground rap. But I really wanted to go more pop. I really like, cause I really had those elements in me. So I really like was gravitating to all these places. And, and at that point it was all mixed together. It wasn't trap rap and this, it was all, they didn't know what to do with rap yet really there. So everyone was all kind of together on the same shows and cool kids at the time was coming out. And every year since then I kept getting accepted and accepted to South by. And that was like my, you know, big thing. And, I mean, just really Portland's very similar. It's a huge indie rock place, but it's huge with hip hop too. And I really loved South by really, you know, bridge those things together. So, you know, and it's ironically, like even later in, in early years, I mean, I ended up opening up for Portugal, the man and like Colorado and connected with them, you know what I mean? So shout out to, shout out to that crew. Um, but yeah, that was like a big bridge Portland to Austin for me. Wow, man. Incredible journey. Incredible start. Like just out the gate. This is <laughs> this is how your career started. Yeah, dude. It was uh, it, like I mean, it wasn't how it started. It really started in, in 99, 2000 when I was getting on stage. So at this point, I'm already thinking like I've been rapping for 10 years, you know. Okay. And um, but, you know, a lot of these cities, you know, Portland, Austin, they're these very alternative cities. And you know, even though I was always like New York, New York, as much as I love New York, it's much different now. But these these alternative cities were what was really drawing me. So I wasn't being successful, maybe in my hometown, but I really loved, you know, visiting like Olympia, Washington, Bellingham, you know, Portland, Seattle, San Fran, um, maybe Eugene, Oregon. You know, just always hitting these smaller these, uh, you know, cuttier markets, I guess you'd say, you know, Minneapolis, just, you know that's the kind of underground hip hop I like. And there's underground hip hop in New York, but it's different. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, it's just another, another genre, I think. No, oh, I feel that bro. I feel that a lot of people <laughs> don't, don't realize that going to the B class and the C class markets as they're called, you know, um, mm -hmm. is like a really smart way to get out. A lot of people starting out just think, Oh, I'm going to move to New York or move to LA. Right. That's like always the, that's always the thing people, you know, people try to, people who don't know anything about anything, they always say, oh, you're really good, man. You need to just move to LA or you just need to go to L uh, New York and meet some people. Like it's going to be that easy, right? Right. But, you know, hitting those B class, C class markets, you start to build up a fan base in, in smaller regions. You build up your numbers. That looks better when you go to New York or LA or try to broker a deal with with a company who can uh, position you to get a little bit further, all that stuff adds up, right? So I'm assuming that kind of helped you leverage your way into new situations as well. Yeah, man. Like I was just telling you before we got on this, like I got this song with the Portland Pickles, like the baseball team of Portland, because I'm Kosha Dills and they're Portland Pickles. So they were like, hey, you got, I got this song called Tommy Pickles which on the new album, nobody cares except you. I mean, this is 10 years later. It's just different. It's just like you got to think differently of how you're positioning yourself into a market. It's like 
I don't now I don't have to pay for all the marketing in Portland. People are going to know who I am. I'm going to have some people support me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like down to work and I'm not like, you know, now, man, I don't know. I'm just I'm like trying to keep myself excited, making jingles and anything, you know, and that's that's honestly been the biggest success for me was, you know, doing these alternative things and just trying to think outside the box because like got to keep thinking of cool things to do. And I'm really grateful that I think just like I have a fun rap style that worked for like a local baseball team. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, they're like, yo, we're going to bring you out to Portland. And just like, whoa, it's crazy. I'm doing an interview with KBU. It's like all these things are aligning. Gets me excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tell us about this album, man. How did it come to be? You got some really cool features on there. Talk a little bit about the connections with that. Um, Nobody Cares Except You was originally supposed to be called Nobody Cares. Um, I did a Kickstarter for it in 2018, but then I realized that no one would care because it was called Nobody Cares. So I made it Nobody Cares Except You because like, I recorded with Fat Tony, um, Houston artist. I recorded with Modest Yahoo, you know, obviously legend. He, I played Crystal Ballroom with him, you know, 1200 people just um, and then, you know, Gangsta Boo from 3-6 Mafia got on the last record and I mean, some of these records, like the Tommy Pickles, which became the Portland Pickles theme song, that record like wasn't supposed to be on it. And the producers, all the producers all have number one hits. So all people I've known for like 10 years, like Jeremiah Raisin, Sad Pony, he does three tracks on it. He did Kashi 69s Trolls, number one song just last June, like just a couple months ago. So I'm the only person that's not number one on this record that <laughs> hasn't had a number one. So um, nobody cares except you. It's sort of like I'm accepting it. Like, it's like, yo, I might not blow up yet, but don't sleep because I got a lot of ideas and you, um, I navigate my way like in all these circles and it's only a matter of time. And we need, it's about the small victories, you know, it really, it really focuses in on you know, accepting that this is what it is, but we're the, we're the people that like, we throw Hail Marys, you know, we're the artists that throw these Hail Marys. We're not just underground. You know what I mean? We throw a Hail Mary, with the Hail Mary, we've landed some, you know what I mean? We've caught some and that's like the exciting stuff about it. You know what I mean? So you can't like count us out. So we're like the little guys, but we accept we're the little guys, but you can't count, count us out. I definitely like the Modest Yahoo song. That one caught my attention first because uh, when I was like 17, I went to a Modest Yahoo concert at the Portland Zoo and it was outside and it was, uh, what's the holiday that you have to be in before the sun goes down? It's like Shabbat. The, yeah, like a Friday. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. in the summertime, right? Like August. Oh no. I mean, just every Friday, every Friday night, I think uh, the Shabbat, you know, it's every, maybe Rosh Hashanah was it or like Jewish New Year, but there's no specific August holiday, but. Gotcha. But regardless, so he had to get down by sundown or he had to, the sh was a show in the day? Yeah, it was in the day. And he was like, it was like, oh, I have to get going, guys, because the sun's about to go down. And I was just like, man, who is this artist? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I had never, you know, I'm in the big city because I'm from the country. So I'm like, I'm up here in Portland, like in the city. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And I end up like crowd surfing his concert. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. The energy here is so good. And like the message, like you're saying, it's user friendly, but I could go rock the same type of cadences with the homies and still feel like I'm really with it, you know? 
Right. Yeah. You could. Yeah. And I toured a lot with him and, and it was really amazing to like, you're performing for, you know, parents and kids and homies too. They're all at the same show. And it's, it's a different experience. You know what I mean? It's like a show where people are there, they're buying tickets to see a concert. You know what I mean? They know you're dope. And I come from a school where it's like, who are you? Like, you know, what did you do? It's just a very, you know, rap style thing. Um, so it's it's cool. Actually, I remember him playing the Portland Zero. So that's cool that he played. Yeah, that man. you were there. That was one of the. Yeah, that I record. We recorded that at his, at his crib, and and like he just crushed it, man. It was just amazing. It's really dope to watch him work because he he could elevate. Like it really helped make that. I mean, he made the song. He made the hook. You know what I mean? And he he he's a hit maker he's had hits so like that's what he's there to do you know what i mean we're like gonna make that and you hear that voice pierce through a track that's dope yeah well you definitely have good beat selection and and when you're trying to figure out like ooh, i can picture this artist on this track or ooh, i could picture gangster boo on this track you know because she definitely killed her part on her verse too and i was just like you know i i see what you're doing man i can see i, I can feel where you're coming from and uh and i'm dig i'm rocking with you bro good congratulations thanks man thank you thank you yeah that's awesome so tell me big vision you know not what's going on right now but let me hear like vision wise what's what's next um you know this year i had a huge i had it, my first song that had a, a mil, over a million streams got a million and a half with cascade and um that's an edm song um it was something that I just did and it became the biggest thing I ever did, you know, and it was just something that was poof. Um, I already have remixes going out in the dance world for this, you know, my biggest success came from, you know, having licenses. Um, I had, you know, um, we talked about um, the Chicharronas being in NBA 2K11 with the song, my, I'm a playable character in NBA 2K because I, I didn't get my song in the game, but I'm as literally, I'm in, I'm in that game. Like you could be Koshy Dills with Drake. Um, I had a Super Bowl commercial in 2012 that financially changed my life, but Shazam didn't exist at that point. So not everyone was streaming, streaming all this, all this, uh, this song. Then there was, you know, Hanging Out. I had this song called Hanging Out that was also licensed to a big thing. You know, now I have this, this is my first thing with the Portland team that I landed a song from this record in like the the licensing so i'm thinking you know bigger how do i remix how do i jingle these songs into specific things you know um we're pitching we want to have tommy pickles on nickelodeon you know what i mean like that's we want it to be the rugrats theme song like that was my that was my mind i was like i need i need that that works for me so i'm trying to leverage this record and just i want everyone to listen to it my last record in 2016 charted on billboard this record's not charting on Billboard, but I got vinyl. I got, you know, I just got my seat. Like I'm, the, the the climate is different. I want people to listen to my record. It's such a bigger year than 2019 and 2018. Like we're gonna look back at this 20 years from now, and be like, wow, you released a record during the pandemic. Like, <laughs> like you did that. Like that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like so, historically, I really want to push this to leverage collaborations with. Um, the biggest in the world. I mean, the, the resume is there, you know what I mean? So I just want to keep making hits, but this record, I'm going to be pushing this record for a year and a half. 
that nobody cares except you album is just like a business card to like get your attention so I could tell you more stories and then <laughs> and I could learn about you know what I mean just another way to bring people to the table you know I'm happy I did this college radio run because now we're talking you know what I mean so absolutely um, well hey I gotta get one more story before we got like one more minute before we get off here but the last story I need to hear is in bar form man can you spit something for me here on the Rip City basement let's go let me hear some bars bro or I'll give you some Portland bars okay give it to me Okay, um, I'm show enough, blowing up, do commercial ghost tracks like voodoo, donuts mixed with pips, my hits 503, shellac shalicks, kosher deals getting my flow to rip, stupider, oh well, at the Doug Fur, I bust words, Jupiter Hotel. Woo! Um, <laughs> my bars is barbarian, ex-girlfriends and Mormons tried to marry things, People say kosher deals every time I let it ring. Every time I'm getting divorced on raps with no wedding rings. I don't have to stress it in. I make you figure out which way. Like Salem's a thing. Eugene with two fiends. Braille to the ring. I don't read Braille, but I keep it chill. Oregon, Israel. Um, my people bug out when the duck's out. <laughs> Show you the luck now. Wait, I'm all tuned. Make you go in. No cartoons. I see through the crystal ballrooms. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, think hard, teamy. Um, get wasted. Wake up in the morning. Feel it still like Portugal to man mixed with pink martini. Rip city, rip, rip, rip city. Rip city, rip, rip, rip city. Yo, how many mics do we rip on the daily? Some say many, some say many, many, many. Rip city, rip, rip, rip city. Rip city, rip, rip, rip city. Yo, how many likes do we rip on the daily? Some say many, some say many, many.